Welcome to Spawned, a common sense, generally fun, and hopefully helpful discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. Today, we're going to be talking with best-selling author Catherine Newman about raising independent, responsible kids and adults with the help of her new book, how to be a person, 65 hugely useful, super important skills to learn before you're grown up. And as most of us are still sheltering in place for a while longer, it's actually the perfect opportunity to work on some of these skills that she talks about in her book. Oh, I may need to work on them as well. Just saying, <laughs> just putting that out there. You know what? We're excited to talk with Catherine and we will do just that very thing right after this. Today's episode of Spawned is brought to you by Breyers Ice Cream. You probably know Breyers as America's number one ice cream brand, and you may even have a big tub of their natural vanilla ice cream in your freezer right now. And now they have a new line of treats that are perfect for the warmer weather, especially if you're eating healthier these days. Breyers Carb Smart is a line of sweet frozen treats with just three to five grams net carbs per serving, all under 150 calories. And they are good. Not only do they come in those tubs we love for DIY Sundays, but they come in bars with yummy flavors like caramel swirl, chocolate covered almond, vanilla, and peanut butter. Plus, Breyers has partnered with American farmers, so all their Carb Smart treats are made with 100% grade A milk and cream. And hey, Here's a special offer just for Spawned listeners. If you visit briars.com slash Spawned, you can download a coupon so you can try them out for yourself. You can find Briars Carb Smart at all major retailers, Target, Kroger's, Amazon Pantry, pretty much wherever you're shopping. And again, that's briars.com slash Spawned for a downloadable coupon so you can try Briars Carb Smart treats for yourself. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about our guest. Catherine Newman is well-known to so many moms who have been following her writing for many years, from articles in the New York Times and Oprah Magazine to her etiquette column in Real Simple Magazine and parenting books like Waiting for Birdie and Catastrophic Happiness, plus her terrific middle-grade novel, One Mixed Up Night. Phew! She's not busy at all, Liz. Yeah, hardly. <laughs> oh, and on top of that, she's the editor of the kids' cooking magazine Chop Chop, which won a James Beard Award, and we featured on Cool Mom Eats. <laughs> and now she's out with a witty, fun, extremely valuable book called How to Be a Person, 65 Hugely Useful, Super Important Skills to Learn Before You're Grown Up. It's out right now at the perfect time. It's a graphic novel-style guidebook for kids, 10 and up, and it's getting praise from so many authors we know and love, including Jessica Leahy and Dr. Lisa Damore, and now from us. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. That introduction was the best thing that's happened to me in months. Well, yeah. <laughs> the bar is pretty low these days, I've got to be honest. <laughs> Still, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I don't have a lot of adult company, as I'm sure you understand. Oh, well, yes, yeah, we that's do. A, actually, that's why we love doing the podcast. It feels like having a Zoom call every week. I know. Like a date with your best friend once a week. It's a nice thing. Love it. And now you get to join us. No wine, because it's a little early in the morning for that. Although, although you know, I don't know. No judgment. But um, <laughs> we're glad you're joining us. I'm so glad to be here. I have to warn you that I feel like my actual personality is like on hiatus in some weird way. And now I'm like the weird person who talks through a mask half the day and doesn't ever 
laugh in a normal way. So just bear with me. <laughs> well, I hope you don't have your mask on. No, now. I know. It's so nice not to. And I feel like I need to write a book called like pandemic menopause of the sort of crashing together of all of my life forces. <laughs> pandemic hot flashes. I literally um, wrote the first chapter for you last week, if you'd like. We'll talk about that later. But listen, let me just ask you how you're doing first, like for real. How are you doing? Because times are tough. Yeah, yeah. I think we're like a lot of privileged people right now where on the one hand, I think it's terrifying and it's all just like totally Mad Max and weird to live through this. And the economic disparity is obviously hitting so hard right now. And so there's so much that's so bad. And on the other hand, I know this is probably what every guest you have says right now. We're like this cozy little apocalypse family is what I feel like. Like we're in our little house. We're together. You know, we're counting our blessings. And every time someone makes nachos, everyone runs into the room and has to sit down and eat them, you know, whatever everyone's doing. And if there's a cat somewhere, everyone has to come and look at the cat. Like, it's so cozy and guiltily, you know, I'm sure you have this too. Like it's such an odd time to feel so kind of safe and cozy in my house, but I really do. Look, I I think take all the silver linings you can get. Cozy definitely has a different meaning in a New York City apartment. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I know. It's different for sure. But there's like a continuum of good and bad for everyone. And I agree that there's a certain privilege as writers who can work from home that we're managing. We're managing. So it sounds like you're managing also. And I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And the kids are well rested for the first time, I feel like in years. True. They don't have to get up so early and they're turning into these weird like night people. People, you know, like anytime. How you old wake are your up, kids now? Well, they're not really kids. They're twenty and seventeen. So anytime you wake up to pee in the night, they're still awake. Like I actually <laughs> don't even. I mean. <laughs> I would say I don't know when they sleep, except I do know when they sleep because it's the whole time I'm awake, they're sleeping. So (laughs) that I love. Like, what a beautiful time for them just to, I don't know what they're doing, you know, playing Minecraft. Like, Legos, I think, have been out. I think they're just reliving parts of their childhood in a weird way. And I'm so happy for them. That's so interesting you bring that up. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, there is. Like, I've seen that, too. My oldest is almost 16, and she's doing a lot of cosplay and you know she came in yesterday with um blue contacts and fangs in (laughs) and I was like I was kind of jealous to be honest with you I was kind of jealous and look I want to talk a little bit more about this cozy feeling if you will because I've been really thinking about why this time is such a good opportunity for some of us right, to give our kids more independence. Okay. And I think a lot of it has to do with that they're here with us. And so the anxiety and the worry and maybe even those helicopter tendencies that we may have had are gone or at least replaced with something else, but we don't have to worry about where they are and what they're doing. Have you thought about this? Like, why is this such a good opportune time to teach kids these skills and show them independence and responsibility? Is it because we just have more time on our hands? I would really love to know your thoughts about that. Yeah, I love that question. I mean, I feel like it's a couple things. I mean, every night I like to say, who's home for dinner? And it's just like my own attempt (laughs) to be funny. Like my kids, they've been so busy for so long. So I love, they're just here, right? Like if I need help making dinner, they're here 
most of the things they're doing are not crazily urgent right now. My son is in the middle of college finals, like he has a lot of work, but everything's kind of on people's own time frame. So I feel like it's a really golden time. Everything's dialed back for them. We're not so stretched thin. So yeah, like I have the patience to show someone for the 10th time how the dryer works, you know, because I'm not like in the middle of a thousand things, although I kind of am. Right. But I also think there's something about, I don't know if you guys have this with older kids, but you sort of lose track of what your kids can even do or what might be reasonable for you to expect them to do. Like, I've basically been thinking of Ben, who's 20, as a prodigy for 15 years because... (laughs) Because 15, because, wait, but you have to, like, for 15 years, I've been like, oh my God, he can make ramen. He's 20 now. (laughs) You know, like, that's not that impressive anymore. I've had these habits of being like, oh my God, they're so advanced. They did laundry. That is not a thing anymore for them to be able to do laundry. Like, they really need to step it up. Because we're all together, I'm seeing what they know and don't know how to do. And it's actually Mm -hmm. really kind of great. Like, I'm not going to have the little, like, heart eye emoji every second because they can do these things that they should be able to do. And on the other hand, like, I love that they're learning new skills. Like, I don't begrudge them that they don't know the stuff I never taught them. You know, that's not their fault. But I also think that I don't know if you guys saw this piece in the Post. Not that I read the New York Post, but I sometimes read the New York Post. I grew up in New York, just to be clear. So I have this, like, little New York Post old habit. But anyway, (laughs) there was a piece in the post about rich people doing housework for the first time in their lives right now. Did you see it? I saw that. I did. I I thought that was really sobering. Like, can I read you a quote from it? I pulled it out because it was so good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This woman says, I didn't even know where to put the trash. Usually the garbage is collected by my staff and they put it somewhere. I still don't know where that is. (laughs) That's an actual (laughs) quote from somebody. And I feel like, oh my God, could our kids please not grow up to be that person? Like, this is the (laughs) moment for reckoning. But like, of course, leave it to the post to like find some way to like crap all over somebody who's also struggling through the quarantine in their own way. (laughs) Really good point. I really appreciate you making that point because I don't mean to be like a total asshole. But I just, there was something. But but it's hard to believe for those of us who do our own thing. And it's funny that you brought up the ramen thing. I mean, I'm laughing so hard because I was just thinking that the quarantine really helped me see what my kids are capable of and where I may have fallen off and where I could have done better. Like my youngest, who's turning 13 this week, she's always been terrified of cooking. She's scared of the stove. She's scared of flames. And so we've been working on that. And suddenly she can make quesadillas. And I am giving her a gold star because for her, that was like a huge thing to get over. Amazing. So I'm willing to give her like little gold stars where they come in. But I'm also realizing like, oh my God, how do you still not know that you sort your laundry by color? They're like, no, we just dump it all in together and it's faster. I mean, those are kind of little things <laughs> no, relatively, no, know. you know, we're, we're going to move on to bathtub scouring next. But like, how do you <laughs> handle it when you realize your kids are older and they still have to learn some of these skills that say Kristen's kids have been doing since they were like six. <laughs> <laughs> Scrubbing toilets here since they could walk. No, I'm kidding, but not really. <laughs> so how do you handle it with older kids? Because it's one thing when they're 10 and you're like, it's time to make ramen, kids. But it's another when they're 17 and you're like, you know, you could add a little like chicken in there that you cook yourself in the skillet. Yeah, I got this like scratch and dent can of truffle oil at Marshall's, you know, when they have like weird food at those discount 
clothing stores <laughs> yes. and Ben like puts it in everything now. And I have the hard eye emojis about that. I'm like, oh my God, what a good idea. Like he'll make me scrambled eggs with cheese and truffle oil for breakfast. And I'm so happy I could cry. But I realize that doesn't really answer your question because the question is these older kids, how do we get them to step it up a little? Yeah. Like, are we supposed to feel guilty or is it like too late oh, at God, this point? No. Like, can you start anytime? Of course. Oh my God. So not too late. And I think one beautiful thing about older kids, or this is my experience right now, is that we're really just in it together now. There's four of us in the house. We all have a lot to do. And I have this feeling of like, how are the things? Things going to get done that need to get done in the house. And they're just people like they so get that. Like when they're younger, it's like, oh, I'm really busy. If you could make your own lunch today, that would be awesome. And now it's much more like, hey, I'm so up against it. Like, can someone make me lunch today? That would be awesome. I feel like when they're a little younger, we talk a lot about independence. You know, can they do stuff by themselves? And as they get older, I'm more interested in their understanding of interdependence that it's not really just about any one person doing everything on their own. It's like you're in community with people. How are you going to do that? Big kids are great for that because they see it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're essential workers in our households right now. Yeah. I know you're half kidding, but I feel like that's a beautiful way to put it. They really are. Mm-hmm. I can't really imagine getting everything done without them. And also just full disclosure, I have really low standards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like super not a neat freak. Like there are huge areas of our lives where I'm like, right, my car is going to be a garbage dump and I really don't care. And the kids' rooms can be disasters. And like, I mostly don't care that much, which I think makes it maybe easier for my kids to pitch in because I'm not going to like go around Mm -hmm. with a white glove on and, you know, make sure they dusted everything. I really couldn't care less. So anyway, yes, I think they're just in it with us right now. But that's not a bad way to go about it, though, because, you know, we when we had KJ Delantonia on, you know, she was talking about chores, which is this, I mean, basically they're chores, right? Yes, they're skills, but they feel like chores, right? Which is like what adulting feels like. But her whole thing was that you're going to have to remind them. Yep. That's just how it goes. And it's not going to be perfect, right? And yep. so not having that white glove treatment, if you will, actually makes the environment more conducive to them trying and learning these things because you're not following them around, wiping up what they didn't wipe up. It's a learning process. So I think that's great. I think we can all take in that, if you will, like type B or maybe these days it's type C <laughs> exactly. attitude right. when we're trying to teach our kids these skills. So let's talk a little bit more about the book. You've got 65 skills in there. And I'm curious if you put them in a specific order, like this is the way my brain works. Like I'm going through these and I'm like, did she order them because the skills they learn earlier in the book will help them with skills later in the book? You know, are they easy to hard? Can you just talk about if they're just all over the place? You know, I know they're categorized, but I'm just curious if they're your thought process in that. Well, I love that question because the truth is I hadn't thought about it that much. The book starts with interpersonal skills, right? So that's all the stuff that falls under the category of like caretaking, also a little bit etiquette, communicating, all those kinds of skills, which by the way, a lot of kids don't know and get to college Mm -hmm. not knowing, I will say. I also have this crappy part-time job as a college secretary. And the number of kids that don't know how to send an appropriate email asking for something is really horrible. 
horrifying to me. Not because I think it's such a crime not to know how to do it, but just because it's really important to know how to ask for something. Like, that's how you get stuff. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So starting with those interpersonal skills, which may seem easy to us, and sometimes I think that must be gendered. Like, I live with two people, both of them male, who truly do not know how to apologize. Like, they just don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll do something wrong, and they'll push words of apology out at you like it's an old person sent to die on an iceberg, you know? (laughs) And you're like, wait, was that an apology? Because I actually feel worse, you know, like just terrible (laughs) apologizers. So I feel like some of those skills really are hard for people and it might really Mm -hmm. depend on the person. But when you ask me about the order of the book, I feel like, yeah, maybe the relationship stuff is first because the rest of it is kind of building on it. Like if you live alone, I don't care that much if you fill your bed with cheese it crumbs. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) I feel like you do you. But if you're living with other people, so if these kids are going to have housemates, if they're going to have partners one day, like that's when it's going to matter that you know how to do some of this stuff. It's going to be about sharing a community with people. Like otherwise, fill your sink with dishes. You know what I mean? Like who really cares? But if you're in a community and no one can find a clean cup because you're the person who filled the sink with dishes, oh my God, that's going to drive everyone so crazy. You are saying everything on my mind. I love this. Yes. Like, I'm about to say, you know, this is turning us all into type C parents. Like, <laughs> the things that seemed important don't seem important yeah. now because there's bigger issues in the world. On the other hand, little things are also really, really important. Because if I'm like, point. no one did yes. the dishes and I wake yes. up in the morning and there's no clean cups. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That's like our entire quality of life right there is the number of clean <laughs> cups in the morning. So all true. all we're doing is drinking damn beverages. Oh my God. Day. It's so <laughs> true. Right. And the children are night yes. people. And so if they use all the cups and then you come down in the morning and all the cups are weirdly next to the sink. I don't know what that is as a style of cleaning, but that's a thing. Like <laughs> That's not going to get your coffee into a drinkable form. Like, that really needs to happen. So, yeah, totally. I I really agree. I feel like the little things are real. They're the things that make you feel like you're part of a loving community, however small they are. And I think it really matters. Yes. And if you think of mental load, right? I mean, we've seen so many articles prior to this whole pandemic, right, about particularly women in the household carrying oh carrying God. the mental load. Those are the things that we think about, right? We're thinking, oh, crap, we left laundry in the washer and it needs to move to the dryer, right? And so it's like those skills of don't leave when you're doing laundry, right? Because then your totally. clothes are going to smell and they're going to smell moldy and you have to wash them again, those things add up and then that becomes mental load for whoever it is, whether it's yourself or your partner or your friend or your roommate. So I think those things are really important. That's a great point. And it's also the interpersonal skills like Catherine's talking about because now our kids, you know, if they're like, oh, I couldn't get my homework done or whatever, I'm like, you write to the teacher. It's your job. You do this. You know, I'm not thinking, oh, I have to write a note and excuse them from something or I have to, you know, there's other things they have to do themselves because they know I'm working too. So that's what I like about the book is that you really kind of cover the gamut of skills and they're not all Mm -hmm. just chores. Okay. That's correct. Here's a question I have. Is there any one skill in here in particular that people have given you a lot of feedback about, like something they're so thrilled to see or something they're like, hey, and they're complaining about it? Like anything that just pops out to your readers? Weirdly, the apology thing has gotten a lot of positive feedback. Mm. I mean, we could have a whole conversation about just that, but partly also the illustrations 
our illustrator is like the most amazing person. And she just did these so good, really compassionate. I'm just looking at it now. Like her illustrations are so loving, which is really what I wanted the book to feel like. So like, I don't want kids to feel scolded by the book. Mm -hmm. The idea is like, if you don't know how to do this stuff, it's because you haven't learned. Not because, like, you're a bad person or unethical or you have terrible values. Like, you just don't know how to do this stuff because you don't know how to do it yet. So I wanted it to have that good feeling. And Debbie Fong, the illustrator, just really did that for me so beautifully. But the question about the stuff that gets a lot of attention, I mean, I think the things that people are most uneasy about are just the straight-up cleaning. (laughs) Um, And I will admit, and I feel like you'll totally get this, but I actually pitched this book first as a, um, do you remember when the kids were little and we had all those DK photo books that, and, and it would be like, yes. Money. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The book yes. I pitched was the DK version of like a book about how to do chores and it would be photographed and it would be step by step. <laughs> and I was totally serious about it. And, um, the editor I was working with was like, yeah, that's going to be a really tough sell. And I think that's true. But I also, the reason I wanted that book is that my daughter, so I have this 17-year-old and ever since she was like two, you cannot help her or show her anything without her being like furious and humiliated. Mm -hmm. So she was the two-year-old who you were like standing by the door with your coat on because she wanted to put her own shoes on. You know, that that kind of. Yes. I think a lot of second kids and later kids are like this where they're like, I'm going to do it myself. And she's still like that. She's 17. And if you like touch something she's trying to do by herself, she'll be furious. So at some point I was asking her to do some cleaning that she didn't know how to do. And she said, I'm happy to do it. I just don't want you to tell me how to do it. I don't want you like explaining. And you have to picture explaining like with a capital E, you know, it's like, don't explain it, you know, (laughs) demon voice. That was the moment where I thought, oh, okay, well, there must be a book, right? Like a book you could check out of the library that would be a step-by-step for kids about how to clean. And there is not a book like that, I think, because it's a tough sell and is really dull and also really depressing. But I really, <laughs> right? I want it. Happy guys. birthday, kid. Here's how to I clean. You'll love this You'll book. You'll love it. It's a, yeah, happy birthday. Exactly. Right. Or a Father's Day present. But anyway, I wanted that book. And then we made this book. For me, the parts of it are that interpersonal section. And then honestly, the straight, most choresy stuff about like how to wash dishes and how to use a broom and how to clean a bathroom, which I know is totally disgusting to people that I would rate that. But like, you have to do the gross stuff. Like you can't just pick and choose around the house what you deign to turn your attention to is how I feel. No, that makes total sense. Well, And I love like, yay editors, right? Because now it's such a wonderful gift book. I mean, I think about this is such a great graduation gift book. I don't care how old they are. I don't care how young they are. And I can see so many ways that you could use this with even a younger child. Like you could even gamify it in a way and check off pages. Once you're done, like you've mastered these skills, it's so beautifully done and so well written. I think everyone's going to want to get their hands on it. And like Liz said at the beginning, I think we can all use this ourselves. Like I was looking through and I was like, do I know how to do this? (laughs) Does she have how to fold a fitted sheet in here? Because I have yet to master that skill. I still suck at that, by the way. My partner can do that. I cannot fold a fitted sheet. Oh my God. So I'm like, oh, you just do it. Oh my (laughs) God. Like it makes me crazy. Yeah. Well, 
As you maybe noticed, my advice for folding a fitted sheet is to wad it up and stuff it in the closet like a normal person because I have never folded one in my life and I don't even understand it. I mean, I grew up with a mom, just to be clear, my mom is English, which is like all you need to know about her, but she irons like bed sheets. Yeah. Like the craziest uh, like heights of housekeeping. I mean, I can barely iron a shirt. So the thought of ironing a fitted sheet, like, oh my God, I can't even imagine. So maybe some <laughs> of my stuff comes from that. And maybe it'll come full circle and my kids will iron their fitted sheets. Like, who really knows? Yeah, that's next level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to. No, no, well, you're not going to get that. Make anyone iron <laughs> no. sheets. Teach them to iron sheets. So this is not that book, which I love. No, that is not that book. <laughs> well, Catherine, congratulations. Oh, this is so exciting. so much. People can find you. You're on Instagram. You're on Facebook. Facebook. Your book is out. I love that it's on bookshop.org. Folks can go there. Your local bookstores, folks are supporting Thank them. You. Order it yes. through your local bookstore. It's called How to Be a Person 65 Hugely Useful, Super Important Skills <laughs> to Learn Before You're a Grown Up. And you're going to stick around for Cool Picks of the Week, right? I am. Okay, awesome. So we'll be right back with our Cool Picks of the Week after this. So, Kristen, you know I am Ice Cream's number one fan, like misery style. I'm your number one fan, Ice Cream. <laughs> so, we're excited to welcome our newest sponsor, right in time for the warmer weather, Briar's Ice Cream. In fact, Kristen, I was literally craving Briar's this week. It was so random. This was even before I knew they were sponsoring our podcast, and I found them in one store and brought it home. You probably know Briar's, right? I mean, who doesn't know Briar's? It's America's number one ice cream. Yes, I do. My children do as well. And they're loving Briar's Carb Smart. It's a line of sweet frozen treats with just three to five grams net carbs per serving, all under 150 calories. They are really good. They sent us a whole bunch to try. My kids are eating them all. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't usually like diety things. I mean, I have to say, I consider your family like ice cream connoisseurs. <laughs> we always have ice cream. So <laughs> when you say that they are good, then I know that they are good. My kids were like, we have bars? We have bars? Like it was a really special treat and they just dove into them. There's like a fudgesicle kind of one. That mm. one's going to be gone first probably. Yeah. The vanilla one's really good. We haven't opened the chocolate mint yet. That's coming next. Really, truly, I'm impressed. I'm so psyched and I'm just saying Briars, our sponsor, keep sending us the Carb Smart samples because we will <laughs> eat them all. Well, you know what? I love that they've partnered with American Farmers. So all of these products are 100% grade A milk and cream, which that is super important and very, very tasty. And, okay, Liz, they've got a special offer for Spawn listeners. Yay! We love offers on ice cream. Yes! So if you visit briars.com slash Spawn and download a coupon, you can try them out for yourself. They're available at all your favorite retailers, from Target to Kroger to Amazon Pantry. So go try these out right now. Briars.com slash Spawn. Get your downloadable coupon on and try Briar's Carb Smart Treats today. Okay, it's time for our Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And Catherine, you are our guest. You get to go first. Well, I had a lot of anxiety. The idea of picking one thing, like I famously went to a college interview with a concussion, um, which I didn't know I had. And the interviewer asked me my favorite movie. And I said, Caddyshack. <laughs> and then like barfed all over her front stoop. Did you get in? Oh my God, I did not get in. What? <laughs> so anytime someone's like, what's your one whatever? I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to say Caddyshack and just be like the biggest asshole. But 
I have a thing. And I know you think I'm going to say like an old kitchen sponge, but it's not that. Have you ever on your site talked about the Whirly Pop popcorn maker? No. Not that I know no, of. So about this it. is like... I'm looking it up oh, right now. my God. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. I think we've... <laughs> it's like the hand crank, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know if it's this specific brand, but we've talked about these. Tell me what you like about it. Oh, my God. I mean, first of all, we go through a lot of snacks. We have a lot of big snack eating people in the house. And um, we make popcorn in it every day. Every day. Everyone can use it. Talk about a chore. The kids have been making their own popcorn like little prodigies since they were, you know, seven. <laughs> it's really easy to use. It's really, really fast. It makes excellent popcorn. And then you can season it however. And I think if it weren't for the Whirly Pop, I would be buying like cases of Cheetos, to be honest. I love everything about it. It's really cheap to buy unpopped popcorn. It's a really fun snack. It's not the worst snack for you in terms of health. So that's my cool pick. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Well, if you want to make it the worst snack, you can use my daughter's recipe for homemade caramel corn. She's been making <laughs> oh nonstop through the quarantine. Really? I will say, though, it is delicious. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> is it on the site? Send it to me. Oh, my God. I'm going to make it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, my guess is she got it off of, like, five-minute crafts on Instagram because it All just right. tasted well, like something you would think came off of five-minute crafts. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick of the week, I have been very much spending time on Instagram lately. It feels like a, a safe place right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And one of the things I've been loving is our friend Gabrielle Blair, also known as Design Mom. She moved to Normandy a few months ago in France, a place I visited when I was eight years old and have fond if vague memories. And she's been doing a home renovation, like an old, old, old French home that yes. she's completely renovating, like tearing down wallpaper and finding newspaper oh underneath God. that's like from the 30s, like crazy stuff. And I have been just completely obsessed with her home renovation on her Instagram and Instagram Live. She's documenting everything. And if you just need like a total non-coronavirus media source to just like veg out to and motivate you to like maybe clean something or, you know, just dream about moving to France one day, it's at Design Mom and it's fabulous. It is. It is really, really fun. I've been enjoying it as well. And so my cool pick of the week is Never Have I Ever on Netflix. I'm obsessed. I binged the oh, entire season. Oh, it's so good. Mindy Kaling's producing. It's fun and funny. It does skew like teens and young adults, but I am neither of those things. And I love it. I love the diverse cast. I think it's quick and hilarious and clever. And so if you're looking for something kind of fun and easy to watch, I know so many people are raving about it. So I'm adding my hat to the ring here. Never have I ever. That's my cool pick of the week. I am on it. Totally watching. Sage has been asking to watch it. So we're going to watch it together. Okay, do it. Good, we're in. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Thanks so much to our guest, Catherine Newman, and a huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And hey, if you've got a moment, which you know, I'm hoping you can find one somewhere in between all the reading and binge watching. And you can leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate your time. It's been so nice reading a few of the newer reviews. We're so grateful to all of you. And it really helps other people find us and hopefully like us as much as you do. Yes. We like to be liked. We're just yes. normal humans that way. Not in all ways, but in that way. And hey, if you have ideas for a future show, we are normal humans that way too. We would like to hear them from you. 
So uh, say hi, suggest ideas, reach out on Twitter, Facebook at Cool Mom Picks, on Instagram, or hey, if you're old-fashioned like, you can drop us an email at spawned at coolmompicks.com. And you can also join our Spawned podcast community on Facebook, where we chat about the show and pretty much everything else you'd like to talk about. And these days, there is lots to talk about. So <laughs> yeah, there's a few things going on in the lives of parents these days. Just a so, few. Hang in there, mamas. You're doing a good job. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye.